We're sponsored by Overcast, an independent podcast app that embraces the open world of podcasting instead of locking it down. No exclusives, no premium content, no paywalls. Just a great podcast app for everyone. Get it for free free in the the App Store. Store. Oh, my sweet Nedley, how are you? I am ashamed. What? Why? I... I'm being canceled left and right. Why are you being canceled? What happened? I'm being called a liar. I'm being... Oh, yeah. <sighs> Just on all fronts. That's mostly it, is I'm being called a liar. I I did see this, and I want to acknowledge for our listeners, I did see a low review, which I don't look at reviews that much anymore because we are tired and <laughs> we know that we are always late on this podcast. You don't have to tell us in our iTunes reviews. Um, but I did see one that... <laughs> wait, um, wait, wait, wait. This is... <laughs> This hasn't been a week. Wait, I thought we were, this, we were doing it bi-weekly. Now. Oh, my God. Uh, but I did see a review that said they don't think that Ned's predictions are true. And I can say with wholeheartedly, unless Ned is lying to me, a best friend, as far as I am aware, Ned has not seen this show. But, like, maybe you're lying to me. Maybe that's the arc. You've been lying to me for four years. Because as far as I know, you've never watched this. I genuinely do not care if people are calling me a liar on that front because, yeah, it's just not true. It's not. It's not. So that's just to acknowledge. Acknowledge the haters out there. We got to acknowledge and our haters. You know, they keep I us wanna, strong. They keep I us wanna, humble. Yes. Haters assemble. <laughs> haters haters assemble, please. How are you? Oh, I'm so tired. You know, I'm vibing. I'm tired. I'm sleepy also. And I'm a little snoozy. I'm a little... You know, but, what about um, a little um? Me, 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 me. I'm a little me 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 as well, absolutely. Right. Um, but you know, I'm here with my bestie talking about Desperate Housewives. Guess what? Tell me. Who are you? I don't know who you are. <laughs> I, I I am Mackenzie. <laughs> I'm Ned. Whoa, we together are Wisteria gays, and today. We are talking about season four, episode five. I am loving season four so much. Oh, yeah. This episode was not an exception. Hit after hit after hit. Hit after, after, after hit. Hit after hit. It's like we're watching <sighs> Bull Durham. Oh, my God. I watched that this week. <laughs> I called it. There's. I did a re- recently did an episode of a podcast called The Rank Kings, if anyone wants to check it out, uh, with my friends Danny and, and Ty. And uh, they gave me shit because I called it Bill Durham. Because I thought it was, I thought maybe there was a character named Bill Durham, and they were like them being baseball boys, like you don't know what the Durham Bulls are, and I was like, I'm no, I'm not a sporty gay. That's like I was on the couch yesterday night (laughs) with my boyfriend, and they're showing me Animorphs, and I go, which one's Dave? And they go, none of them are Dave. What? The, what are you watching? <laughs> like you, you don't know the Animorphs lore that I was telling you about. Dave. I was like, I'm sorry, Who I really Dave? thought there was someone named Dave. <laughs> I, I was waiting for Bill. I was waiting for Bill Durham to show up. I was, I was like, where the for where Dave is he? To show up in Animorphs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I'll cut my. <laughs> I was waiting for Annie and Morph to show and up. Morph. 
Where were they? I need to morph. Oh my god! Like I was waiting for Ginger. Annie, to are you snap. morphing? Are you morphing? Are you morphing, Annie? <laughs> Can you tell we're both delirious? Um, jinkies. Do we want to talk about this episode of television, or should we just call it and just be like, "No, nah, we'll go to sleep now." Do you want to call it? I don't care. No, I was making a joke. I'm sorry. It was oh. it was a very stupid joke. Do you want to dive into this sodi? Of Despy Housewives. I'm drowning already, I feel Um, like. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm going to put more on top, baby. Okay, (laughs) put the hose in there. I'm putting the hose and I'm pushing your head down. We're going into this epi. It is Episode 5. This episode premiered on October 28th, 2007. It was written by David Grossman and written by new writer Jason Ganzel? Ganzel? I don't know. Uh, he doesn't have a ton of credits because he was a PA for a lot of stuff during the 90s uh, with for random shows, including The Ellen Show. Uh, and he was a PA for Desperate Housewives. He was he specifically was Mark Cherry's assistant. Ooh. And then he became a writer on the show. Uh, and since writing for Desperate Housewives, he's uh, written a few other random episodes of television, but mostly has served as a producer, most notably for a few years on some recent Grey's Anatomy seasons, the new Dynasty reboot, and CW's Naomi. For hashtag Sondheim Watch, the name of this episode is Art Isn't Easy, and it is a small lyric from the song Putting It Together from the musical Sunday in the Park with George. Uh, and it is also the name of a book about Sondheim from 1992. Presumably the book took from the lyric, obviously. Mm. Uh, and that's all I got because my next note is, why is John Tucker on the previously on? I was so confused when the episode started with that little boy coming back to our lives. He's going to come back once an episode for the rest of our lives. <laughs> we can never escape John Tucker. No, we can't. He must die you shared an instagram post of jesse metcalf is that his name of his yeah. uh from uh what will now <laughs> be november 12th uh and it was like uh my was it my mother's husband is my fixing mother's my car. husband <laughs> just like so weird um so welcome back to the show jesse metcalf i hope your mother's husband is proud we i bet he would come now i bet he would he seems I'll cool send him an email <laughs> <laughs> but first we gotta talk about this epi i guess but before we talk about this epi yeah, we gotta so. talk about these strange and unusual boxes being sent to bob and lee's house okay mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they're too big and too small listen pick a size <laughs> pick a size gay people <laughs> All of the girls are standing together watching these boxes be unloaded, and McCluskey is with the girls. Oh yeah. Well, no, because we find out pretty quickly it is a sculpture. Yes, right? they're they're yes. they're watching it be put together. Yeah, 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 yeah. They hate this thing. This scene was genuinely funny. Like this scene had so many funny lines in it. Uh, it did. I do need to say I loved Brie going. Of all the gay men in the world, we had to get the two without taste. I thought that was hilarious. And then Gabby being like, Brie, go talk to them. You have a son that flew out of the closet. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was McCluskey. That was oh, McCluskey. yeah. Because I wanted to actually nominate Lote McCluskey immediately by saying, you should go talk to them because, quote, you got a kid who came flying out of the closet and a husband who's looking for the doorknob. And I 
fell out of my chair at her calling Orson gay. I thought that was so funny. I know that it shouldn't be funny, but it was funny to me because I'm a gay person and I can laugh at it. I, yes, I think we're allowed to laugh at it. We're allowed to laugh at at McCluskey's homophobia. Yeah, Ida homophobia. Oh my God, Ida. Ida being homophobic was so funny to me. Um, (laughs) So yeah, I want to nominate Lote for McCluskey being homophobic. All right, chuck her in that bucket. Chuck her in the bucket. Oh, today was a hefty bucket. Industrial size. Yeah, today was a big bucket day for me. Oh yeah. When Bob and Lee come up to the girls on the lane to ask them if they like it, Susan says, "Oh, I don't mind it. The art is subjective. Obviously, lying because she just wants these men to like her." (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Catherine going. "Um, Besides Susan's need for approval, uh, I, 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 I lost my shit at at Catherine so deftly dragging Susan within an inch of her life. Uh, That I thought that was very funny. Yeah, I did not like." The energy, though, of I like a more traditional look for the neighborhood. We all need that eyesore to get torn down. Because I'm like, I know that they don't hate these people because they're gay, but that's really what it fucking oh, is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the thing is like this show is written by gay people, but they're trying to put homophobia in their world without being homophobic all the time. Yeah. It's like it's a little messy because it's like. These women probably would be homophobic, and so you need to decide, like, are you going to go there or are you going to try to veil it with things, which they're kind of just veiling with things. Mm -hmm. But the vibes are definitely there. I agree the vibes are there. I mean, Ida just says it out loud. (laughs) Well, I mean, Ida speaks what's on her mind. That's what I love about (laughs) We're back together. You're back together with this homophobic grandma. (laughs) After Uh, this episode. Oh, my God. I got some stuff I got to work out. I uh, I did I did really like the drag of Housewives though when Lee says, um, "Would you like it better if we covered it with a gingham throw?" I thought was very funny. <laughs> what is that? Uh, gingham. It's like that kind of picnicy looking pattern. I don't know how else to describe it. Like, um, I know what you mean. Like I would say, like Dorothy's dress from The mm-hmm. Wizard of Oz is gingham, and I feel like especially at that time, uh, that like I feel like you know like. Um, tablecloths i feel like a lot of housewives had like gingham tablecloths around this time uh still do i'm not gonna you know say gingham isn't still popular but uh, i thought it was very it was very targeted towards like a white suburban lady's taste which i thought was funny i this episode i know the last episode i talked i didn't really like lee this episode kind of turned him around for me. <laughs> I He's, just liked how snappy he was. They're both, they're both, they're they're so bitchy. I love them. Yeah. I love the gays, the wisteria gays. And later that night, Bob and Lee are wondering if their neighbors, their neighbors, <laughs> their, their nipples, their neighbors will support them. And it's revealed the next morning that it is a fountain and Susan and Mike cannot sleep because it is water messily hitting aluminum. And here's the thing. The water is, like, splashing everywhere. Like, it looks like a very ineffective fountain. It looks like the like just a wreck of a fountain. Like, what's the... What? When they show it, it's just all splashing out everywhere. I'm like, how is that a good fountain? It, and also... Realistically, it Would it be, be that loud? loud? Yeah. <laughs> Would it be that loud? It couldn't be. But also, like, how are they hearing Susan working out with a yoga DVD in their I'm house? I'm imagining. From her yeah, house? I'm gonna back up from my microphone and okay. I'll do a little uh, 
okay. demonstration for what I imagine Susan is like doing her aerobics. <laughs> That's it. She's just she's just going through labor, and they're like, "What is going on?" They yeah. also mentioned that she butchers the score to Brigadoon, which I thought was also a hilariously targeted drag. Uh, yeah, but I, I mean, I. Th- I thought this was a funny scene. I thought this was like with, with funny bits, but I agree. Like the drama of the fountain feels so weird and put on. Cause I'm like, how is the fountain that loud? I don't really, it's not that ugly. I mean, it's, you know, different, but it's not that bad. I don't know. I get that. They need the drama and the mild homophobia. We cut to Lynette bringing the baby's snacks. Uh, we have a tree house, an epic hangout space where the kids can hang, and it's a cool kid zone. It's a no sicky zone. No sick zone. We don't talk about sick. Only the we cool kids call. and awesome aliens. Oh, yeah. Lynette's awesome alien voice looked like Felicity Huffman was being held at gunpoint to do it. She was, like, <laughs> so uncomfortable looking. She's like, hey, kids, I'm an alien, or something very, very normal. And I was like, mom has a great voice. Mom's awesome freaking alien voice. And it was just that. <laughs> E.T. phone home. Um, I just thought, like, it was just very funny how, like, ordinary <laughs> Her alien voice was. Um, but that actually, I mean, we, we made fun of it, but that is basically the scene is that Lynette goes up, takes a call from the doctor, and then the kids inform her that the that the treehouse is the no sick zone, which mm. I think, did you know, Lynette seems upset by it, and obviously we get more into it later, but I don't think that's bad for them to have, like, boundaries around that. Like, clearly yeah. they're, they're being affected by it, and, like, I think that's actually a really mature thing to do is find a space where, like, they can just be kids and, like, you know, they clearly weren't trying to put it on their mom because they hadn't told her about it until now. So I don't know. I, I, I thought it was actually really mature of the kids to to, to kind of create that space for themselves. Yeah. Way to go, babies. Mm-hmm. Way to go, babies. I will say, Kayla freaked me out a tiny bit in this, this scene. <laughs> she always looks like uh, the kid from The Omen, yeah. <laughs> well, she was like, um, Lynette was like, I understand. <laughs> and Lynette was like, it's it's not bad news. Uh, and then Kayla just goes, hey, leave. <laughs> what if Kayla had just put her hand on Lynette's forehead and just pushed? She was like, get out of here. This is this is the no sick zone. She's Macaulay Culkin in The Good Child. She's going to do that to one of the babies. <laughs> oh, gosh. oh, no, she doesn't. Oh, God, no, I can't say that. <laughs> don't say it then. don't I say can't. it <sighs> what if she what if she tries to kill one of the children what if she's a serial killer child oh my god that's the movie orphan but with kayla <laughs> well i'm saying what if it's the good child with macaulay culkin i've never seen that movie I, it's like there's a there's a bad child. Oh, <laughs> He's not but the good. movie he is called the Good Child. Mom. I can't believe the movie would lie to me like that. It's like it's like it's like the fucking. Um, I'm just imagining this kid. Is it acting. Highlander when they're at the the fucking cliff face? That can <laughs> only be one. <laughs> that can only be one, and then she kicks. <laughs> oh my god, that'd be genuinely so funny. That would be genuinely funny. And then she funny. gets sent to live with her grandmother, and oh then my we god. never see her again. <laughs> she tries to murder somebody. God, remember that time Kayla tried to murder somebody? Nope, me neither. And then they all just kind of... 
Oh, Jinkies. I mean, you they I don't <laughs> I don't doubt that they would do that. This show <laughs> loves to just get rid of people and never mention them again. What happened to well, Austin? Was that his name? Edie's whole ass nephew who was Daniel Danielle's exactly. whole ass baby baby daddy? And can I say Yeah. It's it's <laughs> They could really just, like, wipe their hands clean because it's, like, oh, it's not, like, Kayla was, like, really, like, one of the kids, you know? It was, like, Tom's other kid, you know? Yeah. That's not me saying that. I like <laughs> Kayla. I think she deserves better. Um, no, but I can I'm see just... it. I can see it. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, it's okay. <laughs> if that is a tangent, I can Speak cut. your truth. <laughs> Speak your truth. And my truth is that in this next scene – Brie calls the nuns because it seems like they're going to go visit Danielle for her B-Day. She's turning 18 this week. We find out later. And she tells the Reverend Mother that she's going to sue them because they let Danielle go with her grandmother. And I, this is where my next lot is because Brie immediately calls Phyllis and Phyllis is screening her calls, which is a foreign concept, I feel like now. <laughs> and uh, I wanted to loat for Phyllis being a, a gamer gamer phyllis just playing an xbox and being like show me how to kill the zombies i uh so i wrote loat for phyllis hell yeah yeah no i did too <laughs> <laughs> yes i knew you um, would i knew you would and uh i also wrote danielle actually for loat for being uh a gaming <clears throat> queen wow the loats the loats for, for 360 no scoping on that xbox 360 <laughs> and from that scene after we see them gaming out and having fun uh, we quickly go to Carlos and Edie. We find out that she got him a beautiful gift of um, engraved. Is that what it is? Or it, it, is she okay? Etched? It's monogrammed, but monogrammed. then I think they did say engraved, which I don't know if you engrave <laughs> golf balls. You but right? but I think that fuck it up. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe make the balance actually kind of fucked. Um, yeah. No, but they are monogrammed with EB for Edie Britt because she wants everyone to know who Carlos's balls belong to, uh, which yeah, I thought Edie's was very balls. funny. Yeah, those are Edie's balls. She's like, yeah, play yeah. with my balls, please. Yeah. Play with my balls, Carlos. Yeah, it's just Carlos is uncomfortable and he is leaving he's going to work or something he calls gabby and he wants to meet at a hotel i love that there is this gaggle <laughs> of tweens that are just like doing the upkeep on the lawn <laughs> can i tell you what i thought was happening this episode what? so we see john tucker on the previously on and i did not know he would be coming back at this point because i was watching the episode so i was like mm -hmm. okay why did they bring john tucker back and then i see this gaggle of 10 year olds you're right doing gabby's lawn and i thought are they doing like a this guy isn't being like isn't paid by the guy who she notices has a camera and is definitely spying on her. She immediately is like, Oh, Victor sent this guy. I thought, what if this isn't Victor? And this is somehow what like John's mom trying to get evidence that she's still seducing teenagers or something. So when she invited all of the boys in her house, I was like, no, Gabby. Oh, my God. <laughs> I got so, I like thought this was like, I thought it was going to be a red herring that it wasn't Victor, which it is. That is, it is a red herring, but I thought it was going to be a red herring more that like it's following up on Gabby's teenage thing. I don't know. I was At like point, confused and I was like, please don't implicate Gabby is sleeping with these children, please. Yeah. So I'm glad that didn't happen, but I was scared. She was doing undercover work. <laughs> I got so Little scared. Little boy Gabby. <laughs> I got so scared. I was like, please don't do this. She goes in disguise as a little boy to uh, like 
leave <clears throat> with all of them so she could go out and meet Carlos. I thought Lote it was nominee. funny. Gabby is a little boy. Gabby is a little boy. I dig it. I dig it. Chuck her in that bucket. Chuck her in that bucky. We then cut to the hotel pretty quickly. Uh, and Gabby immediately runs into John Tucker on her way to see Carlos. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And John Tucker is with Tammy, his now wife. And she's very visibly pregnant. But don't worry, it was an accident. <laughs> Gabby's reaction to that was so funny. Her going, uh, "Oh, okay." Um, <laughs> like, yeah, I thought that was I thought that was so funny. Um, and you know, nice nice follow up, right, on that that episode from what was that like a season ago, two seasons ago, uh, when she sort of meets John when he's engaged. So I thought that was a good mm. a good continuation of lore. Not you know how the show tends to sort of forget things. <laughs> uh, it was nice that that. Uh, that that was not forgotten. We get some interesting reveals that become important later that Tammy's father, who owns this hotel, as we know, uh, is friends with Victor and they go hunting together. Yes. Dun, dun, dun. Freaks her out. <laughs> it does. <laughs> um, which it is freaks fair. me out. <laughs> um, she really quickly gets away from that situation with John Tucker, uh, immediately goes to Carlos, and we find out that he doesn't, he didn't recognize uh, John Tucker because he only saw him from the back. Uh, And he was with a woman. Uh, So she just says, you know, it was just an old friend. And moving on. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And we cut to Brie arriving at Phyllis's to get Danielle. And Danielle's like, I thought I, oh my fucking God. away from a convent we prepaid for. (laughs) Yeah. And Danielle's like, I'm 18. I can make my own decisions. And, and clearly Phyllis has been filling her head with certain opinions that Phyllis has, i.e. that Brie has forgotten Rex and that she emasculated Rex. And I was mid sipping my drink when Danielle said, you emasculated him, but you're not going to emasculate me. And I spit my fucking drink Lode. out. Load for emascu- for, ma- I... for masculine Danielle. <laughs> emasculated Danielle. I loved <laughs> Danielle in this episode. She was so, so funny. Oh my god, they're playing up the like bimbo angle with Danielle, and I I think that that's what they should do is play up her being like really dumb because it's so funny. And not that I'm like, haha, women are dumb, like, not at all. I just think they have not figured out how to make Danielle interesting. Like, Andrew has his little kind of I'm a bad boy thing, and that's what makes him interesting, but Danielle's always been kind of like, what are you doing? Um, Mm -hmm. But I think making her like kind of a funny bimbo. And letting her just be funny is perfect for Danielle. Like she I thought, this was amazing. so funny. Like her yeah. comedic acting, her this, comedic like, timing is so is good, amazing. And I'm so glad that they finally found their footing with this character. Yeah, I hope she enjoyed playing this type of character. Like yeah. it's just so it's so great to see. I loved every moment of her on screen. She was joy, Laura, like, joy, Laura, joy. Come on the show. queen I'm joy. Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm Wait, sorry. You know what? The greatest uh, character arc in history is us with Danielle. I think is maybe the greatest, the greatest character arc so far on Desperate Housewives is the fact that we now really like Danielle. 
She was genuinely so funny in this episode. It was crazy. The writing was also really funny. She also had really good writing. This episode was just like a very funny episode. Season four, I think, has been the funniest season. It's been so funny. Yeah. Wow. The only other thing we really get in this scene is that um, Danielle does tell Brie kind of over and over again that, like, she's just not a good mom, (laughs) which is the biggest reason why she's doing that or, like, why she's staying with Grandma. We then cut to the Homeowners Association meeting. We have to appoint a new president. We get Idahomophobia here with this hilarious thing of what is it? Ida says, we got to show the gays we mean business. And then Susan goes, Ida, it's not the issue is not that they're gay. It's about the fountain. And Ida responds, can it be both? And I laughed my (laughs) ass off. Um, we also have to, have to say, in between those, there was a tiny scene where Bob and Lee approach Lynette to sort of get her on their side um, by using that sort of that they they that 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 Nazi quote, uh, you know, that they came for so and so. I didn't speak up because I was not that that very famous quote. They use that um, to basically implicate that they think maybe Catherine might come for Lynette's treehouse. It's which... definitely not appropriate, but. No. I mean, it worked, I guess I, it worked. <laughs> yeah. And I only say that because then we see in this in this association after we get Idaho homophobia, Lynette comes in to sort of see what the meeting's about and quickly realizes that Catherine is not going to protect the treehouse. No, Catherine's a freak. She is a freak. Yeah. I'm scared of her. And I know everybody <laughs> likes her, but this is the roller coaster of watching a TV show. Yeah. I'm she's spooky. Yeah. And, I don't know. I'm kind of on the fence about her now. <laughs> no, she's definitely being mean. She's being very, very mean. It wasn't her trying to kill her aunt that was doing it for me. It's this. It's this yeah, for, was it? Um, like, I can excuse killing, murdering your aunt, probably. But I, you know what I mean, uh, elderly abuse. I can excuse elderly abuse, but I draw the line of being mean to Lynette. Yeah. <laughs> That's like half the show. <laughs> Um, yeah, that is half the show. <laughs> I can accept elderly abuse, but I draw the line at being mean to Brie Vandekamp. Um, <laughs> but basically, this ends with Lynette throwing her hat in the ring to yeah. also be president to try to protect. Lote. Lote. Yeah, Lote. Lote. Lynette stepping up for the gays and for Woman herself. Woman in power, yeah. Woman in power. Uh, and from this, from her stepping up to run... Uh, we get a quick scene of Tom saying maybe she shouldn't. I liked when, oh, I liked when he said like, "Why can't I run?" And she's like, "You would never win. Bossy women rule the street," which is true. Yeah. <laughs> um. She calls Catherine a house frau. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, lots of lots of Nazi imagery. In this. Yeah, not the frau. You know, frau is the name for like a like a woman who runs a house. I understand that's not explicitly yeah. Nazi, but a lot of like, like a lot of German. Uh, yeah, but just sort of the German, like yes. the implication. In yeah, which she said very... it. a housefrau is a normal German housewife. That's literally <laughs> it. Just means housewoman. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Uh, but they know what they said earlier. You know what I mean? Like they, they're they're yeah. making implications here. Um, but we do cut to Gabby is at the hotel showing off her lingerie. I thought it was cute. I thought it was a cute oh, set yeah. of lingerie. And there's a little Jesus. knock at the door. Knock, knock, knock. And it is John Tucker. 
that's a niche line delivery if you listen to our <laughs> John Tucker episode. John um, Gabby makes Carlos get in that closet after stalling as long as she can. John Tucker bursts in this room, starts making out with her, and goes, I want that affair you asked for a year ago. <laughs> Insane to assume someone would feel the same after a year when she's fully married to a new person. Like, he has no idea what her life is like, and he just assumes? Very bold of him. And she says no. She says no. Nar. Nar. And uh, it, it is a pretty funny scene because John is talking about Carlos as if he is not there and being like, yeah, remember when you fucking hated Carlos and you faked orgasms and he said he was a piece of shit? Remember all that? And Carlos is in the closet just seething. Uh, I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> that was funny. Um, we then get a small scene of campaigning. Mm-hmm. Lynette goes up to Susan and is like, I can count on your vote, right? Because I'm your bestie. And Susan says, actually, I already promised Catherine my vote, and I'm sticking to that because I hate that fountain. Yeah, I was annoyed by Susan in this episode. You all got me, audience. <laughs> I was annoyed by Susan in this episode because Lynette's like, why don't you just wear earplugs? And, I, like... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I know it sucks, but like you can't always like that's their property. They're allowed to put what they want on it. Yeah. Uh and like yeah, earplugs are an easier fix than like whatever Lynette's got going on. And I think that she opens up to Susan a bit later, but she even does mention here a little bit like my kids really need that, like space mm. for themselves. And it's just like I just found it so annoying that Susan was just a really bad friend here. I don't know. It's just like, look Susan, like there's a she's I don't know. Selfish. Yeah, she's being super selfish and it's like I get that Mike is tired but like put some fucking headphones on, put some white noise on and deal with it. <laughs> I can tell these people have never lived in a city cuz it's like there's just sounds all night you have to just deal with it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just I just felt like this was a really bad and I and I feel that way later too about the other scene with the two of them. It just like mm-hmm. friendship is sometimes giving up things you want because you know your friends really need it and like Lynette's having a really rough go of it right now and like these are for her children so like I don't know. I was really disappointed in Susan this episode. Yeah, me too. We have but I was still we have more scared that. of Catherine. <laughs> we have to grieve. Uh, we then cut back to the hotel. Carlos comes out of the closet. <gasps> Congrats, <Loat>. King. Loat. <laughs> uh, and he's pissed. And he... um. I'm sorry that I laughed a couple times during this scene. Yes. Because he starts saying some stuff like, I wasn't a bad husband to you. Um, What did I do? Carlos, we have not forgotten that you were physically abusive on multiple occasions. You were gaslighting her. You you basically effectively uh, fucked with her medication without her knowing. Carlos was such a shit husband. Are you kidding me? Gabby says, Gabby points out, why are you giving me shit about this when uh, you're now John Tucker? She's not wrong and she should say it. <laughs> She's right and she should say it. Yes. So yeah, Carlos was a... Sh- Here's the thing. I come around on Carlos. I think he's gotten a lot better. They've mm-hmm. chilled out him, him out a ton. Um, but like he was a piece of shit for like two full seasons and that's okay. We can acknowledge that. <laughs> and I just think it's funny. I was like, I didn't do anything, Gabby. And it's like, oh my God, shut up. Yes, you did. 
Mm-hmm. I would rather him own up and be like, okay. And I think that he, I think he gets a bit of closure in that sense, hopefully. It's by the end of this episode of like, you have to acknowledge that you are better than you used to be. And that is a good thing. The fact that you've grown from this, the fact that Gabby still wants you at all. Like, these are good things, but you have to acknowledge that you were a shit husband for a really long time. Yeah. Uh, and from there, he kind of storms out and we get some actual campaigning. We kind of flip flop between Catherine going up to people and promising uh, like Edie to get Ida to fix her her weird screen door. And then we get Lynette telling Ida if she wins, she won't have to fix it. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just a bunch of those clips. The one that leapt out to me the most uh, was another thing that made Catherine uh, terrible. Uh, the implication that she's going to get a non-Christian family, presumably, yes. that doesn't hang lights at Christmas to hang lights at Christmas, uh, because clearly this family does not celebrate Christmas. I think there's an implication that there may be a Muslim family based on their last name. And I was like, um, excuse me? <laughs> that yeah. was the one that really, I was like, oh no, Catherine, you're fucking racist. Oh God. Uh, yeah. So that one was terrible. But of course that's that suburbs bullshit is that like people, you know, it's all about freedom of religion until it, it's like not yours. <laughs> it's like, yeah. oh wait, you're not hanging lights at Christmas? So you hate God? It's like, you no. hate the baby? You hate the baby? <laughs> baby? Yeah. Baby Jay? Yeah. Whoa. So yeah, I just thought that was like, that was the one that made me go, oh no, no, Catherine, no. Uh, we then cut to the Hodge household, and uh, Bree and Orson are really... Um, bummed about Danielle wanting to stay with Phyllis and mm-hmm. Andrew comes in the room and his 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 bullshit sensors start tingling and he goes do you not know your own daughter like you just have to outbid grandma with stuff that she wants him saying she doesn't actually want to be. him saying like do you not know how that lentil she calls a brain works <laughs> i thought that was a fucking hilarious line i i love their dynamic <laughs> i like how they kind of they're just mean to each other it's so funny though <laughs> so, the fucking vandekamps and hodge house I, they are my favorite i think on this whole show like all of them are so funny genuinely yeah Oh, God. And then we cut to a short scene where Carlos shows up at John's house and is like, let's talk man to man. And basically, he wants to forgive John. And they have a they have a good scene. If this feels like some nice closure on on John Tucker, I would I would be shocked if we saw him again, because this feels like a good good closure on this. Um, And and I, I thought it was it was very mature of Carlos to take some time to think about what Gabby said and absorb it and realize that you know, enough time has passed that he doesn't need to hold this this anger in him anymore. I, I think it's just a, another example of Carlos's growth, I think, that's happened a lot over these last couple seasons. Uh, and I thought this was a good scene. Yeah. And at the end of it, John promised to give Carlos Tammy's baby. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> and uh, then we cut to voting day. We have to vote for our president of the homeowners association and lee says remember a vote for Catherine is a vote for fascism and ida says what is it with you gays and clothes 
Uh, which again, Ida just being homophobic now is a hilarious bit of lore, I think. Uh, which just now are we just gonna have random, random homophobic lines from Ida every she episode? Some slurs in the next episode. <laughs> oh my god, Ida can cl- call me the D slur. It's okay. She can call me the F slur. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna get canceled. That's fine. We've been canceled once before. <laughs> we always come back. We should cut that probably. Um, yeah. So it is a tie. But Edie, who is, is Edie eating like Panda Express? Like Edie is like fully eating dinner. I just, it was really weird. Um, Edie points out that Susan voted for both. So Susan is the tiebreaker. And she's torn, and... but she looks at that fucking fountain and makes the wrong decision. Yeah, she votes for Catherine. Yep. Uh, and that's that. Well, Annette looks pissed, and she's right to be pissed, because I would also be fucking pissed at Susan. Mm-hmm. Uh, we then cut to negotiations. Bree and Orson send Phyllis off to go get something, and they start playing towards Danielle's uh, very well-known hatred of old people and being bored. And definitely, you know, mentioning they they could send her the college she wants with her new Corvette. And, you know, they're playing her like a fiddle. They know exactly how to tempt Danielle and they know how to play her and they do so. Yeah. And then we cut to a very quick scene with Adam, who we haven't seen in like an episode. And he is reading the newspaper. He's pretty pissed off. And Catherine swoops in, starts talking about some business she has to do. They get into a bit of a fight. And he says, you just want to control everything. And, like, you're making everybody hate us instead of, like, them being our friends. And for a person that says you used to love living here, it seems like you hate it. You're just unhappy all the time. And she mentions, like... She keeps saying what you did in Chicago over and over again. She like kind of that was in the previously on and she brings it up here again. Sort of whenever he tries to talk to her about something, she tends to throw that back at him as a way of shutting him up. So clearly Adam did something in Chicago, as we found out later, that was a big deal. And uh, yeah, and and I I thought this was an interesting scene because I think I understood where Adam's coming from because he mentions his rebuttal to the Chicago thing is like, well, if that situation taught us anything, we needed friends and uh, you're not making any here. And so I think that that is, that is true. And I, I do think it hopefully is leading to maybe a, a good shift in Catherine to try and be kinder to people. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, very interesting scene. We then cut back to uh, Phyllis's place and they are packing up Danielle's things, if I'm correct. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Brie and Phyllis have a small talk. Uh, Phyllis just saying she's sad. She just... She saw a lot of wrecks in Danielle, and she wanted that baby to, like, be a part of him. Mm-hmm. And not, like, forget or anything. Yeah. Um, she just wants to be a part of, like, her grandkids' lives still. She's lonely, and she's at yeah. a retirement home where a lot of people are lonely and have nothing to 
keep them company, but photos of the people they've lost. And uh, Brie extends her a bit of an olive branch. Yeah. She can babysit on weekends. <laughs> There's a funny line of, you know, Phyllis being like, can't you just tell people you like having me around? And Brie is like, no, <laughs> I need to think of a more believable excuse, which I thought was they- funny. You're begging me for money. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so you know, we might see more Phyllis around now. Yeah. Uh, we then go to Carlos meeting up with Gabby at their old house. Um, and he says, uh, I, I liked this scene. Yeah. I liked Carlos is in his mature saying, era. Yeah. He said, um... I don't feel good about this. I want to be with you. And so I want to do it the right way now. And I think we got to break up with our partners and take some time. And then we can be together. I think that's totally valid. Yeah. At first, Gabby really does not want to do that. And he's asking for six months and she's acting like it's. 30 years yeah truly Uh, truly but she eventually comes around to it because she does love him i think uh (laughs) uh and they have a sweet moment where it's like come on let's have one last kiss to last us these six months and can i say Every single time, I bet, are we in the same place? Every single time for the last four seasons, we're like, those windows are so huge, and they fuck oh. on tables right in front of those giant windows. The, the oh show, it's like God. the show hurt us. They finally followed up on the fact I'm that there. these idiots are always fucking in front of their windows. I'm so full of adrenaline <laughs> because they fucked themselves over finally. With the finally! The P.I. is back, and he is snapping pigs. Snapping them pickies. Uh, because, again, wow, they followed up. They followed up on these giant windows being really weird. So there we go. And we then cut to, uh, I think the next morning, Susan goes up to Lynette to say hi, and Susan's trying to be cute and be like, I'm totally going to defend you, though. Even though I voted against you, I'm totally going to come to bat for you. And Lynette is like, shut the fuck up. (laughs) Rightfully so. And here's the thing. I do understand when Susan puts it like, you can't ask me to put your kids above my husband. Like, yes. But you're making it sound like a bigger deal than it actually was. And Lynette's response, for me, makes more sense. Felicity's acting her ass off. It makes more sense to me that, like, these kids need this space. They're children. They have a mom with cancer. And sorry, your husband just has to put earplugs in at night. Like, it just, it's it's just not the same. Like, Susan, I, I was really disappointed. It's just, ugh. I was especially disappointed in her response to that, which is just her repeating, I'll chain myself to the tree, and Lynette just accepting that. Being like, well, okay, bestie. It's like, I would no. have been like, no, you apologize. You literally, say sorry. <laughs> but I guess Susan gets out scot-free because Catherine grows a conscience and comes over and says the treehouse can stay because she's trying to be a good neighbor. And I want to loat Lynette and Catherine in this moment because Catherine, Lynette sort of does this like, hey, you're such a complicated lady. And then Lynette, and then Catherine's like, I've had a complicated life and winks at her and Lynette looks flustered. So I thought that's kind of loady to me. I just had a terrifying thought. Uh, tell me the terrifying thought. 
Catherine is so mysterious and strange. Yeah. The women in the sunglasses and the hats. (gasps) It's all connected. God. Oh, God. Please, let's move on. Let's move on. (laughs) We're pretty close to the end of the episode. Because we see Edie is talking to someone about how she feels about love and relationships. And we do find out that the photographer was not hired by Victor, but was hired by Edie instead. I kind of love that. Yeah, it makes sense. Because Edie is the one who's actually been figuring out. Because if you remember, she she figured out the licorice smell trail from her to Victor uh, in the last episode, I believe. So yeah. she's figuring it out. She's a smart girl. Oh, yeah. And... She definitely doesn't trust anybody. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, we see that uh, Edie hired the PI, and then uh, we cut to the lane again, Bob and Lee coming up to Catherine and saying that they heard a little rumor in Chicago. A little rumor that isn't too flattering for I Catherine. I love how Bob's ex is on, like, the board of medicine or something. I was like, yeah. oh, my God, Bob. Um, damn. They blackmail her very effectively. They're already used to how Wisteria Lane works. Blackmail is currency on this street. Oh, yeah. Uh, So the fountain is going to stay. And thank you so much, Catherine. I'm very interested if... <laughs> I hope they don't let this go because, you know, Susan is assuming that it will be gone. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm very curious if they're going to follow through on that and sort of I have like know. Susan being like, hey, Catherine, why haven't you taken, you know, why haven't you done this yet? And then you I'm were so upset. Yeah. I'm curious if it's going to push Catherine to have to reveal what happened or I'm just I'm very interesting. I hope that this blackmail complicates things a bit. Can you imagine if it doesn't really complicate things? It's like two episodes later. It's like, oh, I, it turns out I just needed like a couple nights to get used to it. Yeah, I hope that they don't do that. <laughs> but you know that they would. Um, so actually it wasn't that big of a deal. It's actually fine. I'm totally fine now. And then we start going into the end of the episode a bit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you want to? Yeah. Mary Alice comes back and says, it's the same for all of us. We try not to get close to the people who live next door. It's easier for them to give a polite nod than to ask what's wrong. Yes. Not to interrupt you right away. Please. But the polite nod, I laughed my ass off. That man just walking by while Phyllis is outside openly weeping. Just weeping. And it's just like this man, just like in his mind, is just like, (laughs) oh, yes, this woman crying on the street. I Um, can't really do that right now. She's my neighbor, but uh, a simple nod should make her feel better. Ah. Maybe later today I'll buy a nice hat and tip it at her (laughs) on my way. Home. <laughs> maybe I'll do a polite wave from about 50 feet away. Yes, uh, maybe yes. I'll do a little wink. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she continues to say it's safer to keep walking than to get involved, uh, which I think is someone f- walking past John Tucker and his wife fighting outside. <laughs> Everyone's outside just being insane, apparently. Um, and she designated does. Slot. <laughs> discuss this. <laughs> she does say, true, we sometimes get to know other people who share a fence with us and become lifelong friends, Susan and Lynette, for some reason, even though Lynette would be fully in her right to be continue to be mad at Susan. But mostly, for Catherine's sake, in case, we keep our distance because we'd rather our neighbors know nothing than know too much. 
and Bob and Lee are, they're diabolical. They're here for two episodes and they're like, we're getting diabolical, baby. Good. The diabolical gaze. Get us gaze. into it. I've been bringing up A Knight's Tale a lot recently. That's an amazing movie. I love that movie. I love a movie that just fucking throws you into it. It says, no, we're here. This guy's yeah. dead and Heath Ledger's handsome. Let's go. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. That's exactly what I said the other day. I, 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 <laughs> I love that movie. Shannon Sussman coming into his like tent at night was I dreamed of that as a child. <laughs> that was absolutely a gay thing for me as a kid. Um, also, before we end this episode, this is the end of the episode, but I thought it was really funny that Catherine's mailbox is just a tiny version of her own house. Did you notice that? Wait, what? Catherine's mailbox is a miniature model of her own house. So in the shot, you see the mailbox and then the house behind her. So her mailbox is just a miniature model of the house that she lives in. Things not right with this one here. <laughs> You have to go back and look at it. It made me laugh so hard. I was like, why is her fucking mailbox a tiny version of her own house? And also, like, that's the Sims house, which is the house Mike lived in, right? Which means that house was brown, I think. And now it's gray, which means did she have to paint the little mailbox version of it, too, so that it matched? I don't know. Um, Just made me laugh. But, yes, that's the end of the episode. Also, we need a load. Oh, my God. We have so many noms. We have Danielle. Danielle? Which, wait, which Danielle? Gamer Danielle. Gamer Danielle. All right, we can go. Let's go. We can go. Gamer Danielle. Let's go. Gamer Danielle. There, this was a really good load episode, though. Yeah. You got to say. I feel like everyone so is. Good. Everyone. Every other nom is a close second for me. They were oh, all. Yeah. They were all really good. All right. And, and with that, we've been Wisteria Gaze. I stole your love. Oh, oh my gosh! I'm like the Little Mermaid. You took my voice. <laughs> I don't know what you usually say. <laughs> well, if you want to find out. us on social media, you can find us at Wisteria Gaze on Twitter, which we never post on and should post on more, or Wisteria Gaze underscore on Instagram, which we are on a bit more consistently. And we post updates. And st- like, if you're ever like, if you're ever like, hey, are they going to release this week? Check our Instagram. We're generally posting on stories over there and trying to keep you guys updated with everything. Um, and we're also on, we have a website, wisteriagaze.com. Uh, and on that website, you can find a link to our merch page. You can find a link to our a Discord. A Discord. Uh, and you can find a link to our Patreon. Our Patreon is awesome. It's great. It helps support us and the show. And uh, you get some fun, neat little benefits with it. We do episode shoutouts. We do episode notes once in a while. Uh, and we're going to have some uh, extra tidbits. Because I think in the last episode, there's a good... There's a good couple minutes that I think I, I, we could use and not in the actual episode. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, we're going to be doing more stuff on there. Um, so check it out. Check uh, it and out. Speaking of episode show notes. Show notes. Speaking of episode shout outs, uh, let's take the next minute or two to shout out our patrons. Let me give. I want to shout out Amanda. Annie. Aubrey. Elise. Aaron. Helena. Jade. Liam. Lisa. Liv. Lydia. Mac. Miki. Nadia. Sarah Schroeder. Sarah Swihart. Shane. Susan. Tanya. Tomas. Victoria. And Vincent. Thank you so much for being our patrons. Thank you for being so juicy. We love you. 
Oh, you know what else we love? Tell yeah, me. Yeah, I'm speaking for you. Oh, thank you. Please do. I mean, it's, I love it. <laughs> uh, that's my problematic trait. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, we love reviews. We do. Even though we did go say that we don't read them. About how we don't read them. <laughs> well, yeah, we I have to stop. Them. It's mental health. It's a mental health thing. And I do, I, I do occasionally go and like, I like to per- peruse the, the nice ones. The nice ones are nice and we like them and we share those with each other. They make our day. And, you know, no matter the reviews, they help people find the show. And uh, at the end of every episode, we like posing a question to help get those juices flowing. That's review juices. Uh, and do you have a question for this episode? Hmm. Who would you want or who would you nominate for Homeowners Association pre- president instead of Catherine? Or is that dumb? What would get the homeowners association on your back? Oh, like what is in your lawn? What's in my lawn? What's in my lawn? Um, I the first thing that came to my mind because this week I have been so lazy about taking the trash down. I feel like um, you know, in that episode of SpongeBob when Patrick and SpongeBob become parents, and Pep and they and he opens up the window, and there's just a pile as tall as the house of diapers. That would be me, but with my bullshit kitchen trash. So I would just have a a, a stack as tall as my house of trash, and the homeowners association would would get on me about it, rightfully so. I feel like that would that would make sense. What would they be getting on? What's on your lawn? I would have. I would have like a hollow, like a like a scary Halloween setup year long, <laughs> all year round. You said all year round. Yeah, I love I that. that. Sometimes it would change. <laughs> I love it. I'd get actors. <laughs> you just have a whole haunted house in your front lawn, basically three sixty five to twenty four seven three sixty five. Terrible working conditions, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm making a lot of money. Uh, <laughs> I love it. Uh, no. Um, all right. So, yeah. Uh, leave us a review and let us know what is in your lawn that the Homeowners Association of Wisteria Lane would want you to get rid of. And, uh, I, and hey, was- speaking of, of the nice reviews that make us happy, I do like that there was a question, I think, where, where we – where we in 402, I think, we just asked, like, do you have mommy issues or something? Yeah, and I want to – mommy kink, and I just want to shout out – pregnancy <laughs> I just want to shout out Melina B7, who left us a five-star review and just said, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, That's you know, you again, it. we do we do see it. Uh, so, hey, thank you. It makes us happy. If you have a pregnancy and kink, you can still say yes <laughs> or no. You can still say yes or no, and then we'll see it. And with that, you can find me, Ned, on social media, on Instagram, at Ned Jorts, at Twitter, at Garfield's Penis. I'm nowhere. I am actively trying to be less on the internet, though not doing the best job, but I am trying. So I'm not really anywhere personally, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm. You can say hi on the Wisteria Gays social medias. I'm also uh, doing a podcast with my friend Kev, Austin Danger Podcast. We're at Austin Danger Pod everywhere, and I, I run those socials. So if you want to come say hi to me and check out that pod, I'm also over there. Oh, yeah. But personally, and... you cannot find me anymore. <laughs> and with that, guess what? What? I love you. I love you, too. Everyone else out there, 
Stay juicy. Stay juicy.